everyone. Welcome to the Encounter Mercy Podcast. I'm your host, Vince Dragone, and I have with me, as always, except for last week, Father <laughs> Andy Boyd. How's it going, Father? Good. Hey, you know, though, I have to say last week's episode, uh, I, I'm thinking you're doing pretty well without me. So um, I'm going to just take off and we'll get a hold of Brother Barnabas and let him take over. What do you I'm think? sure we can take it from here without you. All right. All right, Barnabas, you're on. Nah, he's Barnabas? Not no. <laughs> all right. Well, next time. Next time. We got to get him back on soon. We got to get him and all the guys back on soon because I, I I enjoyed that open forum discussion. You know, it was good to have everybody it's been nice. Yeah. That's, you know, for the f- first six months of the podcast, it was just me and you. And then we started bringing people on and, and, uh, it, it adds to more nuance to the discussion. I think more than just two yeah. sides. Yeah. Yeah. So what's new? Not much. I heard you had to travel all the way down to Pittsburgh yesterday during all that fun rain. Yep. Yep. Had a wedding to go to COVID wedding. Uh, very interesting. I'll tell you what, man, only 25 say- people allowed and it was, it was just, very low key, but it was nice. It, it, there's something different about it that just, it makes it nice. It's not like this big flashy thing. There's nothing big and flashy about it. Um, right. And I think that there's a lot of people that are postponing weddings right now. And I'm glad that, um, that Rob and Aaron did not because um, they were very excited to get married because they love each other and they want to get married in the church and they wanted to just make it happen. And they didn't want to push it off. It wasn't for, friends and family to see, look at how the biggest party we can throw. It was, they truly love each other and wanted to get married, uh, in the church. And so they went ahead with it and we were happy to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's extremely important. Cause you know, I actually have experienced now two of the weddings I was supposed to do this year have been postponed and both of them, as far as I know, postponed indefinitely. And, um, I think it was in a way for these two couples, a hand of God moments because they're no longer engaged. So it's oh. one of those weird things, but, um, in the same breath, I also am, you know, working on trying to get together, uh, the paperwork for a buddy of mine for his wedding. Um, and, uh, oh boy, what a runaround that's been and, and trying to figure out, you know, I, I've, they said to me earlier in the year that, yeah, we're definitely getting married and whatnot. And I just texted them again saying, Hey, I just want to make sure we're still on. Cause I got to make sure I get the calendar all booked out. Right. And find coverage for the weekend that I'm going to be gone. So it's, it's crazy. And, and who knows, you know, thinking about it now, um, cause the wedding's not for another month and a half or so, who knows what's going to happen in the next month. Right. We don't know if we're going to be back to, crazy lockdown conditions. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, the, w- I think w- one thing that has been constant this whole time is that nothing remains normal. No, no. And I, you know, I want to harken back just to another episode we did and continuing to harp on this topic of this is not the new normal. This, this is not the new normal. This is not how it's going to be forever because this is not how we as human beings live. And so, you know, if anybody ever tries to tell me, oh, this is the new normal, this is how it's going to be. No, it's not. No, no, I'm not going to let that be because, you know, we still need that um, human interaction. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I get letters in the mail or comments on Facebook or messages on Twitter, et cetera, saying, you know, I miss you, not, you know, it, it, being able to be in together, you know, as a community, uh, miss being around other people, miss being at the different parish functions, etc. Um, you know, we just had to cancel, not just, but we canceled the parish festival this year, the parish um, picnic, I guess is a better term for it. It's not really a festival. 
Um, and people are really kind of sad about that because, you know, that was an opportunity to get together as a community. Um, I'm not sad about it. I, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not, you know, <laughs> my introvertedness is, is not really interested in that. Uh, be, but, but I understand um, that. You know, after, especially on a Sunday afternoon, after celebrating mass all day, Saturday and Sunday, like usually all I want to do is go home and take a nap, but that's besides the point. Um, so like, yeah, this is a, this is strange and to have to be planning baptisms and weddings and first communions and confirmations and all these things right now is just insane. Oh, and the, the whole mask thing during the ceremony was interesting too. And, I can imagine. and even uh, the rehearsal. So I knowing full well that the photographer wasn't going to be there for the rehearsal. I went and took my camera just to take pictures. I would never take pictures in, at the wedding and, you know, step on the photographer's toes. Sure. But uh, it's just funny. Like some of the, I was editing all the pictures and everyone's wearing a mask and it's just weird. You're looking at the emotion comes from the eyes and yeah. And that's how you know if you have a good shot is is look if, look yeah. for the eyes and see what kind of emotion it is. But it, it's gonna tell it tells a good story later down the line, you know. Yeah, Why? yeah. You know, I I um I wasn't really a photographer for it, but I was at one of the two confirmation ceremonies for the parish since the pastors now um, have the ability to confirm for this uh you know during this pandemic time, um, and I was sitting in the sanctuary. Uh, and taking pictures because I had my cell phone and I knew that no one else was taking pictures. So someone's got to take some. So I'm taking pictures as the pastor confirms each of our students. And it was weird because, you know, uh, the confirmandi and the sponsor don't have a mask on, but everybody else in the pews does. And of course, I'm on the side that the pastor's back is to the uh, to me. So I see everybody in the pews with masks on. It, it's weird. It's weird. I mean, we have to be honest uh, during all of this. It is weird, you know, and, and and acknowledging that this is a very weird thing to experience. You know, I was hoping that I think we all were hoping, honestly, back in the early points of this whole insanity that this was going to end soon. And I still hope it ends soon. But um, I was hoping that in our podcast, we would only ever have to really talk about this once or twice. Like, I don't want to keep harping on a, on this topic over and over again of saying, you know, coronavirus, it's crazy. The world's ending. But it's kind of like just where we're at right now. Uh, every other podcast I listen to brings it up at least once a week. So uh, I think we're okay in, in, in bringing it up at least once a week. But we're done with COVID talk. Well, kind of, because I'm sure. Not really. Yeah. Um, well, why don't you lead us into our topic? That kind of well, that kind of so leads us into it. This, this kind of when we were chatting about what we should, what a topic for this week, something that really I've been thinking about a lot um, kind of cropped up while I've been hearing confessions in the last, I don't know, month or two, probably even longer now I think about it. But whenever I hear confessions, the same thing kind of keeps cropping up among people. And this isn't just, you know, people in my parish. This is whenever I'm traveling, you know, for instance, I was, uh, I was out West, the reason why I wasn't on the episode, the the show last week is I was out west in the state of Washington with my brother because he lives out there and we were moving him from one apartment to another uh, about an hour away, and so I you know what? flew well, that, back home. That makes you a really good brother. You flew across the country to help your brother move. I, I, I well, can't say I do fly. that. Not just fly. I drove. With oh him. man. I drove with him from Erie, <laughs> Pennsylvania, all the way to Olympia, Washington, one way, 
and then during a pandemic flew back from uh, Seattle to Erie. Yeah, he owes you big time. Oh, and I love him dearly, you know, and we had, honestly, we had a good time as, as much as it was stressful in the driving. Cause it's just monotonous. Once you get through Chicago, it's just never ending. You think, Oh Lord, is this, is this over yet? Four days worth of driving. So, but it was, um, it was a good time. But the thing that I really was thinking about, um, is that when I was in the airport, I, I went, I had my collar on you know, and because uh, that was one thing they not seminary, but a priest once said to us is it doesn't matter if you're what you're traveling for. If you are a priest, wear your collar when you're traveling um, because it's a good witness. So I'm waiting to get on my flight in um, Chicago to go back to Erie. And I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm exhausted. I, you know, it's it had been. Oh, you know, a week and a half that I was sleeping on uh, a couch at my brother's apartment and then having to be on a flight all day is just exhausting. So I'm tired, miserable because I have an N95 mask on. So my mother gave me one from or not my mother, my aunt gave me one. So you know, I have this mask that's just covering my face and nobody can really hear me except like this. It's just miserable. I, but you know, okay, I'm wearing a mask just just so everyone knows. I'm not just complaining because uh, I'm a Karen. I mean, um, because I can complain. But uh, it, it was miserable. But then I'm sitting there just exhausted, and this young guy comes up to me and says, "Are you really a Catholic priest?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "I haven't been to confession since this all started because just haven't had the opportunity. Can I go to confession?" And of course, you know, I'm not going to say no. Like, you, you don't say no. When someone comes to you and says they want to go to confession as a priest, like, you just, yeah, absolutely, because that's what we're there for. So I hear this guy's confession, and it's the same thing. It's the same thing that I'm hearing from everybody. And, and I just, I feel that maybe having the conversation about this in the open is a good thing. And the thing that I'm hearing isn't some major sin of like, oh, I took the cookie from the cookie jar and I haven't told anybody. It's not even really a sin. It's just people are looking for an answer to this question of, I'm constantly distracted in my prayer. And I think that's kind of like, it's just kind of like where we're all at right now, that we're just constantly distracted in our prayer. And there's good reason to be distracted. And the things I'm hearing that people are being distracted from is, you know, oh, during the rosary, and it seems to always be during the rosary. And I think that's just because it's it's a repetitive prayer and it's easy for you to allow your mind to wander and zone out. But I think uh, the one thing I'm constantly hearing is like, um, oh, Father, I got to, uh, during the middle of my prayer, I'm thinking about, oh, I got to go take out dinner from the freezer so I can it can thaw or, oh, I got to call so-and-so back or these random things are going through my mind. And normally in those moments, you know, I would just respond with, okay, you know, that happens to all of us. That happens to all of us. Don't beat yourself up. But um, maybe try keeping a notebook by your prayer spot or whenever you're praying. Keep something that you can write down on um, because – uh, if you if you get distracted in your prayer and it's something that you're thinking about, oh, I gotta do this or or oh, I gotta I gotta uh, take care of this or something like that, you can write it down and come back to it when you're done praying. But then I started hearing something, and I think it was subtle. I don't think people realized it, but it was. Uh, I heard this from a few different people. They were saying, "Well, I'm getting distracted because I'm thinking about the day ahead." 
or I'm getting distracted about thinking about the day that went by. And I think sometimes, depending on the situation for the person, but I think sometimes it's we're not paying attention to what the Holy Spirit is calling us to. Um, you know, it's so easy to be distracted, but we often miss the message of the Holy Spirit, right? You know, when we're when we are in this moment of coronavirus, we have an opportunity to spend more time in prayer, and we all, at one point during this lockdown or um, lack of ability to really do anything said at one point or another, oh, this is good because I get more time to pray. I know you and I both said it, um, but it's so much harder to pray when you are forced into exile, essentially, than it is when you force exile upon yourself. Right? So like if you're on like an eight day or 10 day silent retreat and you make the decision, oh yeah, I'm going to cut myself off from the world and, and um, pray. Yeah. Because that's a goal for you. Yeah. I think it's the main difference. It's a goal. It's not something that's forced upon you. You've set it up for yourself. It's a challenge. I'm going to do this. Whereas where we're at now, um, there's no end in sight and it's, it, it, it's, it's daunting. And we're looking at the news like crazy. Exactly. And and one thing that someone said to me recently um, that they had heard in a homily was it's gone from a moment of fear to a moment of fear mongering. And it's pretty accurate. And I, I wouldn't, you know, you don't want to say, and I refuse because it doesn't matter, but you don't say one side or the other is bad. No, 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 because it, it doesn't really matter. It really doesn't. If you want to know the truth, one side or the other doesn't matter on the fence. What matters is, is our response to it. And we're supposed to be Christian people and Catholic people. And where is our trust? Where is our hope? Where is our salvation? And I think that this past Sunday's second reading, you know, if anybody... Is from the parish is listening to this, they might hear parts of my homily cropping up, but it it's true. You know, our second reading from this past Sunday on the second was from Romans chapter eight. And St. Paul says to us, what will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? And I think in here you can even insert or pandemic. Yeah. You know, and what is his response? No, no, nothing. In all of these things, we conquer. We will conquer overwhelmingly for uh, through him who loved us. For I, Paul, am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think that's really an important uh, thing to remember here because, you know, we need to be paying attention to the Holy Spirit. And when we are in our prayer and we are being distracted because it's so easy to get distracted right now, we have to pay attention to the Holy Spirit. And it's, it's the Holy Spirit that is going to lead our prayer. Right. So I always, uh, I've talked about this numerous times before, but the, um, the common preface number four that we hear uh, every so often, at least I use it as uh, pretty regularly because I like it, but it says that prayer is a gift from God that we give back to him. 
So, you know, you have to be listening to God in your prayer more than speaking to be able to pray. Now, and that's one thing we all do pretty terribly. A lot of us do is we don't listen. We just talk. And then we're surprised. And then we're surprised when we get uh, off track. Extremely. Because all it is, and, and it's not bad to pray the rosary. I want to put that out there over and over again. It's not bad to pray the rosary. It's not bad to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. In fact, these are good things. These are good things that are encouraged to the faithful uh, to practice. But if all it is is me just sitting there rubbing beads and uh, saying the prayers, it is very easy easy to get off topic, get off track of what we're supposed to be doing. But if we're making the prayer a part of ourselves, if we're making that prayer alive in ourselves, you know, I've been listening to, since I've had plenty of time on the road um, in the last week or so, uh, I've been listening to Matt Frad and Pints with Aquinas. And one of his Bible studies, he was talking about um, this whole prayer, this whole act of prayer. And I agree with him entirely because we as Catholics do a very poor job of having spontaneous prayer or prayer from our heart. And he was talking about, you know, when you're praying, tell God who he is. That's a wonderful thing because it's not really you telling God who he is. It's him, the Lord, revealing himself to you and you making acknowledgement of that fact. You know, I've, I've often heard from people, nothing really, if you're constantly thinking about something in your head, nothing really sets in to your actual life until um, you say it out loud. And I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I find that to be true about my own life is that I can be thinking about something, overthinking about something, constantly worrying about something. But then once I say it out loud, it completely changes the truth. It happens to me all the time. So I'll be thinking about something. It's just, even, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be something I'm excited about, nervous about, anxious about, whatever it may be. And until I usually with my wife, just bring it up and just talk about it, then it's gone. That's like, oh yeah, man, even if it was something I was excited about, it's, it's like, now I can just find my mind can relax because I haven't been able to get any sleep because it's all I think about while I'm trying to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny how that works. And it's so true of, of our relationship with God as well. You know, in prayer, we're constantly talking, 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 but are we actually talking or are we just letting the evil one bat around these ideas in our head? Oh, you're not worthy of the father's love. Oh, you're not, you're not this good or, oh, you know, you're just this bad or this other, you know, another thing from Matt Frad, if he ever were to listen, you know, he'd know that I'm stealing from him because I'm saying his name. Um, But uh, I encourage everybody to listen to Pints with Aquinas, uh, not to take. Excellent podcast. I've been listening for years. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. And uh, maybe we can get him on ours and we can be over there. That'd be a few years down the road. Anyway, he was talking with a um, Eastern Rite Catholic nun. So Byzantine nun. I don't know. Did you hear any of his episodes this week? No, no, I have not. I've got a backlog of about 20 different But it was really good. Um, But he's talking with her about it. And it's amazing what the evil one can do to convince us. Especially, so he's talking with this Catholic nun who um, believed that she was not worthy to wear the habit in general. Like she wasn't worthy to become a nun because she had done things in her past life. But um, the evil one then can also use that same idea of, well, you have to wear this because uh, it's the only way that you can actually be chaste or it's the only way that you can actually show chastity because you're not chaste and you're, you're 
dirt, you're dirty and tarnished. So put on this fake outward appearance. But the devil was saying to her, you know, uh, instead of her classmate was the one that said that, you know, she felt that she had to put this on to cover up her, um, all of her problems. And then she's feeling where she has to, uh, reject the habit because, um, she's not worthy to put it on. And, you know, that's the devil on both sides. You know, he's giving these false thoughts and whatnot, uh, to them. And, And so we have to pay attention to the voices going on in our head and we have to be quiet to actually be able to tell if it's God speaking or if it's just us reverberating in a hollow cave or if it's the devil telling us lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know every time I, I commit sin, not every time, but a lot of times immediately after I'm thinking that God, God's saying you idiot, you are a damn fool for that. But it's not, it's not God saying that. That's, that's not, that's not ever what he would say. In fact, it would be quite the opposite of here, come here, child, and we'll make things all better. Um, but that's, those are the kind of voices in my mind. Like, no, yeah. God doesn't want you now because you've sinned. But that's not, that's not true. And we know that's not true. And luckily, as Catholics, uh, we especially know that we, we can always go to confession. Um, and when we come out of that, we are just as pure as before we sinned. So. It's a big deal. And I, and that really, this all kind of started hitting home this past weekend when I was preaching on this reading from Romans, because it's true. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing, nothing, not death, not life, not angels, not principalities, nothing, nothing present, nothing future, no powers or height or depth. Nothing shall separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I mean, that's, that should be a hope for all of us. Nothing, not distress, not anguish, not persecution, not famine, um, not plagues, not nakedness, not peril, not sword, nothing, nothing will separate us from the love of God. And that's extremely important because as we've been chatting, it's the fact of right now that there's a lot of things to be afraid of. There's a lot of things to, uh, you know, change our minds on certain topics and there's a lot to listen to, but not all of it's good. And we have to discern what is good and what we need to be listening to. Right. Because God may be calling you to a different vocation or, uh, you know, it may be, uh, it may be something that doesn't seem like uh, it's anything in prayer. It could be you're popping up that uh, you feel like you need to find a new job or about your children. And and it really could be something that God's trying to tell you. And it's, it's very important to try to discern the reasons why you're distracted and what you're being distracted by, because it very well could be God talking to you. And you may just push it off as this is just a distraction, yet it keeps coming up every single time you're in prayer. And sometimes you just have to, you just have to listen to that. Uh, and that distraction may be something just like whenever I was, uh, I was discerning this podcast, um, before I approached you about it, it was something that just came up a couple of times and it was like, Hmm, well, maybe we should do this. And and it's amazing what the Lord can do when we say fiat mihi, you know, yes, let it be done unto me according to thy word, you know? And so, but we have to have that trust. We have to have that faith 
We have to take the time in prayer. And if we do get distracted by worldly things, write them down and come back to them later. But you know, one of the things that we are called to do as Christian people, and especially if you read the lives of the saints, and if you know anything about seminary formation, the last thing you do in the seminary on a daily basis, and as a priest, and in general, we should be doing this. You know, we're supposed to pray before we go to bed, but as a priest in the liturgy, the hours for night prayer, you do an examine examination of conscience. Now, it's not where you're going to confession, the same idea, but it should take some connection to that. You know, we're supposed to be going over in our day, where did we uh, fail at being a Christian or where did we succeed at being a Christian? Um, But it also should be, you know, where did I see God today and where didn't I? How did I go out of my way to look for God and where didn't I? You know, ways to better your life and, and just completely examine the day. And that isn't a very good way to pray in the evenings. I really got to start doing that. I just have such and, a hard time just trying to, I, I need to start reflecting on my life and things that happen during the day so I can not make the same mistakes in the future. But I think I need a retreat in, in order to, I need like a boot camp to go to to force it down my throat. And, you know, it's difficult. Uh, heck, I'm having difficulty too with, with uh, being able to do all of that, not like in my spiritual life, but be able to do a retreat where you can do those kinds of things or be able to help guide people with this because, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how and what I'm going to do for the fall and for the rest of the year. Um, in the fact that, you know, normally I, I try to offer some sort of um, spiritual or theological study for the adults in the parish, especially because I'm the parochial vicar. I don't really have a lot that I need to do. Uh, there's very little that I need to be doing because the parish is doing a very good job of um, realizing it needs to come down to one pastor, one priest, you know, in, in this area. So I have a very free schedule in many different ways, um, which is good. I mean, like it gives me the opportunity to do this podcast with you and I, I hope and continue to intend to do this. So, but it also is difficult because what are the ways that I now as the priest, the parochial vicar can reach out to my parishioners um, and be able to share with them different things like this. So it's it's a very difficult time for everybody. But I think the first and foremost way that we need to do this, and you're right by this, is we need to take every to- uh, time every day, and it's best to do this at the end of the day, to be able to look back on our day, at the end of the week, look back on our week, to plan for the future. This can be a prayer, and it should be a prayer. Right. So if we're trying to set up a, a routine for ourselves, that should be something we discuss with God. And we have to be very um, patient with ourselves and we have to be very conscious of what's going on when we're trying to do this. Right. It can't just be something that I'll get to it when I get to it. It, it has to be a conscious effort. So how do you recommend someone start? That's a good, that's a very good question. And that's, that's kind of where I, I was hoping we would kind of lead to. Number one, if you're not praying, pray, right? Um, if you're not comfortable with the spontaneous prayer, if you're not comfortable with silence right away, that's fine. 
because we all have to start somewhere. Um, how long, Vince, are you supposed to wash your hands for right now that the CDC is telling us? Oh, man. 20 seconds. You got to say your ABCD or a, your right. ABCDs. <laughs> your ABCs seconds. twice. Yeah, 20 yeah, seconds. It's, it's huh? about, I, yeah, I'd it's probably about, supposed my, to be about 20 seconds. All right. I think I'm at 30. Okay. You know, that's a good thing you said, though, because you kind of hit the nail on the head with where I was going with this. The CDC and everybody else recommends, oh, say your ABCs twice. You know what takes the exact same amount of time, if not just a little bit longer? And our father, Hail Mary and a Glory Be. Oh, look at that. How long are you supposed to brush your teeth for? I don't know what, two minutes, three minutes, four I, minutes? I think it's what I, I, from what I was told, and this is where I'm not 100% sure and should have done more research, something about like a minute. Oh, geez. One, uh, two of each. I, I'm doing it over too much. So, uh, well, speaking of brushing your teeth, so every morning when I brush my teeth, I'm, so I get up, I take a shower, I brush my teeth. The first time I pick up my phone is when I brush my teeth and I go to Laudete and I open up the daily prayer and I start with that while I'm brushing my teeth. And that always, that like to me, that puts me on a good spot just for the day. If I don't do it, yeah. I'm like, cause I've always, I've committed myself as the first thing you should do with your phone. If you're going to pick up your phone and be addicted to it all day is you should at least start it out with a prayer. And so good that's, that's, that's what I do every day. Um, but just, it's just off a tangent there just by talking about brushing your teeth, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, but that's a good point. That's a really good point because if you're not praying, the only way you're going to be able to start this whole process of discerning your day, of reflecting on your day, of reflecting on your week and actually making it meaningful more than just the, um, you know, the thoughtfulness that the, the secular society wants us to be under, you know, this thoughtfulness, this centering prayer, this BS the real way we should be doing this, and if if everybody, I hope to God, everybody brushes their teeth every day, if not more than once a day, but the point is that that is something we do first thing we do in the morning. So while you're brushing your teeth, it doesn't hurt to also be praying. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be saying, no, that doesn't do any good. <laughs> you know, we can do mental prayer where we're thinking in our head the prayer. And taking time to be in that prayer. Yes, we're doing something else, but it's a place to start. And you know, another thing that helps when I'm doing manual labor, I'll pray as well. And, yeah. it, and it could just be a repetitive. Uh, usually it's the R. Usually I'll, I'll pray the rosary without the beads. Um, yeah. You know, while I'm shoveling or, or whatever it is I'm doing. When I used to work at a horse farm, every whenever I was mucking the, uh, the horse stalls, I'd always just be praying the rosary as I did. It made the day go by faster. Um, And it it was nice. I had that time. The monotony of driving. Um, Lately, I, I, ever since being in Meadville, I've had the St. Michael prayer, you know, be uh, bashed into my brain because they, excuse me, they prayed at the end of the mass in one of our three churches. And um, so I, I have that now in my head and it's a good prayer to have. So the monotony of driving across the country when my brother was watching football, not, not American football, but English football um, on my computer, I was praying the St. Michael prayer over and over and over again, zoned out driving, paying attention to the road, but just the St. Michael prayer over and over and over again. And, and that monotony 
allowed me to really focus and have a moment with God because it's a beautiful time to be with God as well as when you're when you're driving. You know, um, obviously you got to pay attention to the road, but at the same breath, you can also use that time as prayer. So this is a way to start. This is a way to start, but this should not be where we end, right? So I was talking about how, okay, Father, what if I'm praying my prayer and I keep getting distracted by, um, and this used to happen to me all the time, especially in seminary. I'd be praying and then I'd say, you know, I got all these papers to write. I got to do X, Y, and Z for this paper, or I got to do X, Y, and Z for this course, or I got to do this for um, the office now. Like now that I'm a priest, you know, I got to make sure I fill out this paperwork. For instance, like, I have to fill out the um, paperwork for child clearances again, you know, because it comes up every five years. But, you know, I got to fill that out. So I have to remember that. And of course, where does that come up when I'm praying? And should I stop my prayer and go do that? No, no, because that that can wait, especially on a Sunday uh, when it, when it happened to come up in my mind is, you know, I'm not going to stop the mass and say, oh, no, sorry, everybody. I'm in the middle of a prayer. I got to go run and do my child clearances. No, and also I can't really do this next thing in mass, but if I was praying my rosary or if I was praying the divine office alone, especially, I have a notebook next to my chair and uh, anytime I get distracted in my prayer, think about something, I write it down because then I can come back to it later. So it's anything that's not important, unconsequential, inconsequential really, because it, it can be taken care of at a later time. It doesn't have to be right that minute. Now, like if someone were to come up to the door with a gunshot, obviously I'm going to stop my prayer right then and there. I'm not going to write down on the list. Oh yeah, I got to help that guy with a gunshot out in front of the house. No, no, no. I'm going to lay down the prayer right then and there and help that person. That's an important distinction to remember because in an emergency situation or in a situation where the human interaction is more important than yes. Like for instance, I'm I'm bad at this. I have such a bad memory, but there's a a very... I want to say it's a cure de ours. So uh, St. Jean-Marie Vianney, he said that if you're praying the liturgy of the hours and someone comes and rings the doorbell, set down your prayer and go help that person first. Um, and he's talking mostly to uh, diocesan priests who, you know, like I would be if I was sitting here in the rectory and someone came and rang the doorbell needing something, you go and you help that person and then come back to finish your prayer. But with that, with that thought is, the inconsequential things that you don't need to do right that minute, you write them down and come back to them. But then you can start to discern in your prayer over time what's inconsequential and what is it that the Lord's speaking to me. And you have to be very careful about that because as like we said earlier, is it really the Lord speaking it or is it the devil? And so we have to be careful with that and try to find out where the Lord is in that moment and see what he is trying to speak to us about. So, you know, it's it's a, a place to start would be if you're not praying, start praying. If you are praying and you keep getting distracted, write down your distractions. Oh, I think and it's like, it sounds like yeah. it's like any other thing that you do. It's like any other thing you have to practice. You get better as you go and you get to learn the things that matter and don't matter as well as the little nuances that help you get better at it. And, you know, when it comes to praying, when you first start praying, especially 
everything's going to be distracting. And as you do it more often, you're able to push out some of those smaller things that really don't matter. And now you're focusing on the, uh, I guess the ones that are harder to, uh, to get out of your mind while you're trying to pray. And then eventually the goal is to be fully immersed into prayer without distraction, which is hard for anybody, but. And that's very true. And that's the key there is that if you find it difficult, welcome to the club, right? It's not going to be something that you can pick up immediately and be uh, uh, perfect at it. It's going to take time. And remember, it's not always about talking. Sometimes you really just do need to shut up and listen because where was God when he spoke to Isaiah? You know, he wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the rains. He was in the quiet whisper. And so we have to be quiet. We have to quiet ourselves and truly listen for him. And he will give us his word. He will tell us what he wants for us. Well, and that's difficult. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just say that can be difficult. That can oh, be yeah. a difficult thing to do. So speaking of shutting up and listening, um, I think this is a good spot to uh, end the episode. What do you say, Father? I'll shut up and listen. All right. Shut up and listen. Well, I... Uh, <laughs> We're not naming it that, though. I'm not naming it that. <laughs> yes, We're not please. Naming the episode this that. episode needs to call, be called Shut Up and Listen. Shut up and listen. Come on. <laughs> now I'm probably going to do that. <laughs> People so are more likely to listen. People are yeah, more likely to listen if you name it that as opposed to be open to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if you get, yeah, exactly. If you get to this point in the episode and uh, you were wondering why in the heck did we call it this, then now you know why is just shut up and listen. All right. So shut up and listen while I tell you about uh, where you can find us. You can find us on thecountermercy.com. You can also find us on pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. Even Alexa will uh, will play the podcast for you if you ask nicely enough. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and we are trying, we always keep saying we're going to try to get better about posting there. Uh, we, we post to Facebook a lot more for sure. And uh, Father is still doing his uh, live streams of masses. No, he's not. No, he's not. I haven't. No, it just goes to show right how now, much I haven't uh, watched in a while. But I, yeah. You need to get back to it. You know, I, I've been with the traveling and whatnot. I just haven't had the ability to do that. Yeah, well, that's that's an excuse, but uh, excuses are not uh, not okay here. So, But know that I'm still offering mass for everybody on a daily basis. Sure is. All right, everybody. That's going to be the end of it here, and uh, we can't wait to, uh, to talk to you next week. So hopefully you have a good listen, and let us know. Uh, send us a line on what you want to hear in the future because we would love to cover it. Bye.